When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Yeah, we're here. I think this is our third week doing a, well, skipping our Sunday podcast. And doing a midweek podcast instead. That, yet again, is my fault. I went ahead and got the COVID booster on Friday. And uh, that kind of put me out of commission. So I think Sunday night. I woke up on Sunday morning like I drank an entire bottle of vodka. My head was pounding like no other. And if it's one thing I hate, it's feeling like I'm hungover and not earning it the old-fashioned way. But we're here now, in the middle of the week, to do yet another edition of the Miller Frost Podcast. Of course, I am your host, Miller Frost, joined, as always, by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. And I hope, even though we weren't here, you folks out there had a grand gay old time this past weekend. I know you woke folk out there, down for the struggle. You were probably still having a grand gay old time celebrating Woke History Month, even though it's the shortest month of the year. And I'm sure you sports fans out there, or you queens who like to watch the Super Bowl commercials, I'm sure you also had a grand gay old time watching the Super Bowl on Sunday. I, of course, skipped it. I could not have cared less about either of those two teams. But I guess, since I didn't watch it, I missed Eminem taking the knee. On Monday, reading the news stories in the morning, that was, that was what everyone was clutching the pearls about. Eminem, like anyone gives a crap about what he's been up to these days, the white guy on the stage, virtue signaling by taking the knee. And I suspect all the woke BIPOC folk up on stage, they were all probably thinking, ah, crap, what the hell is that stupid white kid doing now? And before we jump into things, white boy Malcolm X, in theory, it's a midweek podcast. I would like a short one, if at all possible. But before we jump in, I do have one correction. Apparently, I mispronounced 
Karen Egerton's last name. It is allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, pronounced Taryn Edgerton. So, Taryn, if you're out there listening to this podcast, I apologize, young man, for butchering your last name. And I actually had this pointed out to me by a Tarantula. And if you're out there going, Miller, Miller, what the heck is a Tarantula? Well, folks, I'm not quite sure, but I think... Maybe, possibly, it's a Taryn Edgerton groupie. They were very nice about pointing that out. We have a clip up on YouTube about Taryn, and they pointed it out on on YouTube, but they called themselves a Tarantula, so I'm assuming it's a Taryn Edgerton groupie. Nothing wrong with that, I guess. He's a cute young man, a little too young for me, but... If he floats your boat, if he makes you happy, kind of like any ginger does with White Boy Malcolm X, more power to you. And speaking of gingers and White Boy Malcolm X, since I was down for the count anyway, couldn't do a whole lot of show prep, we wound up having, well, I would call it Ginger Fest 2022. We watched two series from AMC. One was Gangs of London. The other one was McMafia, both of which had gingers in the lead. Folks, there is nothing more disturbing than sitting on a sofa with white boy Malcolm X and there's a ginger on television, especially when that ginger is shirtless in the show. Remember, folks, my friend white boy Malcolm X He would bang Ronald McDonald if he could. So two full days of gingers on a television show. Well, we'll just leave it at that. How's it feel down there under the bus, sir? That's what I thought. So let's go ahead and jump in, folks. And our first story is from LGBTQ Nation. Those girls over at LGBTQ Nation. Celebrity stylist sued for allegedly telling gay employee to tone down the gayness. And the celebrity stylist in question, her name is Christina Ehrlich, and she is being sued by Kevin Erickson for $1 million alleging anti-gay discrimination. He claims in his suit that he had no choice but to resign his role in 2020 because Christina Ehrlich repeatedly subjected him to mistreatment due to him being a big old queen. And I can only imagine, folks, what sort of evil mistreatment Christina Ehrlich allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, did to poor Kevin Erickson. If you want to upset a queen, especially a hair queen, just tell them they look chubby in their skinny jeans. That's about as bitchy or triggering a comment you can make to a queen, especially a hair queen, that or tell them their hairline is receding. Queens do not want to be called fat or balding. And I have to say, looking over this article, Christina Ehrlich, she's a bit of a moron. Yes, a moron, white boy Malcolm X. What kind of blithering idiot 
hires a queen to cut hair and then complains that he's kind of prissy. A bit of a dainty flower, a lispy wispy, sashaying through the salon there, tisking away as they do so. Telling a queen, especially a hair queen, to tone down the gayness is like telling Megan McCain to tone down the dumb. Like telling Hunter Biden to tone down the crack. Like telling Ronan Rubenstein to tone down being a raging power bottom, getting banged, allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, by half of L.A. Not going to happen. Although, I have to say, I can totally see a gay alliance. And I've talked about that, especially if you've got a couple of queens in an office or a retail store or a hair salon. There's always some sort of queen pissing contest. See who's on top. But they'll also band together if they want to go full mean girl on someone else. And Christina, she's in trouble too, if that's the case. You do not want to screw with the gay mafia. Have those queens out to get you. So Christina, bless your heart, dear. Bless your heart six ways to Sunday for being as dumb as you are and getting your comeuppance in the process. You should have known, dear, exactly what you were getting into, hiring a hair queen. But since you apparently didn't, you have fun with that. From Pink News, those girls over at Pink News, Madonna told to cover up by Nelly after proving age is but a number with defiant photo shoot. So Madonna, Grandma Madonna, she's back on Instagram with another of her risque photo shoots. This one was called Car Trouble and features Madonna, Grandma Madonna, draped across a car wearing platform heels, sexy lingerie, and an ankle-length jacket bearing the message, God save the queen. I have no idea, folks, what's so defiant about Grandma Madonna writhing around yet again like a used-up hooker. Oops, I mean sex worker. But apparently, at least according to those girls over at Pink News, she was being defiant. And as usual, this created quite a lively debate on the internet with some deluded, half-blind people calling her stunning and a goddess. And there were others, like Nelly, who I believe is a singer, I have no idea, who said, some things should be left covered up. And with that, he included a facepalm emoji. And we talked about this the last time Madonna, she put some other pictures up on Instagram. And I said at the time, and I guess I'll say it again for this one, just because you can do something doesn't necessarily mean you should. Now, I know that some people will call that ageist or sexist. Me judging Grandma Madonna for putting up those pictures. But I would just say this. I don't care how damn old she is. She's not that much older than I am. I don't really care about her gender. I just look at these pictures 
And I think, where the hell is that woman's dignity? Now I know, folks, Madonna, she is the namesake for Madonna syndrome. Oh, look at me, look at me. I'm still relevant. So she's got to do this sort of crap, I guess, to keep showing people that she's around. Otherwise, the millennial Gen Z kids out there, they'll be like, who the hell is Madonna? I don't know. I just, I don't find that attractive in the least. And not because I'm a big old queen and she's a woman. I wouldn't want to see, well, I guess George Clooney's probably close to her age. I wouldn't want to see him writhing around on a bed either. And that guy, he's been People Magazine's sexiest man of the year for like 20 years. In theory, with age, comes wisdom, or hopefully, a little more common sense on what you should be doing or not doing. Or perhaps, maybe a little more common sense about what you choose to do or not do. But I guess not with Madonna and these racy photo shoots. I guess at the end of the day, she gets out of it what she wanted. A whole lot of attention. And we gave her some here, so let's move on. From NBC Sports, Nathan Chen captures Olympic gold medal in men's single-figure skating. Now, can you folks imagine being a gay figure skater right about now? Figure skating, to paraphrase Nathan Chan, that's a homosexual-dominated sport. And the one straight guy in male figure skating, that guy wins the gold. Shame on you, queens. Shame. And I think to add insult to injury, white boy Malcolm X, first he calls it a homosexual-dominated sport, then he beats all those damn queens to the gold. I tell you what, though, that is not going to happen again. You mark my words, folks. Some gay Tanya Harding type out there, that queen, that queen is going to get himself a Jeff Gululi, take a pipe to poor Nathan's knee. I'll show you, Nathan, how we do things around here. So, Nathan, watch your back, son. Those queens are going to try and take you out before you show them up again. From LinkedIn, companies rethink bereavement policy. I tell you what about LinkedIn. I don't know when it started, but if you want to understand what a humble brag is, just log into LinkedIn and scroll down. People humble bragging about their kids. People humble bragging about themselves. People kissing ass, humble bragging about their companies. Oh, it's so wonderful to work at Company X. They provide LGBTQ plus benefits. They're so wonderful. Kissing the company's ass, probably for a promotion. But what this story talks about, and it's referencing a Wall Street Journal story, giving workers more time to grieve in an era of loss, but it talks about all the different types of benefits that companies, well, some companies, are starting to add. And they have a couple of examples. Like Goldman Sachs, they offer 20 days if you happen to miscarry or stillbirth a baby. Woke Facebook, controlled by Robot Mark, 
They offer 10 days off if someone you happen to know dies. Well, Google, they will pay half the salary of an employee who passed away to their partner for a decade. And Salesforce, they offer six months of parental leave. What one thing, folks, do all these companies, Goldman Sachs, Woke Facebook, Woke Google, and Salesforce all have in common? They are rolling in the Benjamins. And since they, rolling in the Benjamins, have all that money and can afford to pay people not to work month after month after month, well, I guess everyone should follow suit. Now, as far as I'm concerned, it's their money. They are free to spend it how they choose. None of my damn business. I just, this mindset that whatever life throws your way, your company should have an HR policy to pay you not to be at work until you get over it. Either that or the company owes you other perks like free health care, free food, nap rooms, all this other crap so your employer is basically mom and dad taking care of everything for you. Your company does all the adulting so you don't have to. I'm just not wired like that. A sense of entitlement that I'm owed basically unlimited time off because I'm a dainty flower of a snowflake who can't manage life and holding down a job at the same time. Now, I'm not saying that people don't need time to get over something, but this notion of taking large amounts of time off so you can grieve, then go back to work when you're all done grieving, it's absurd. This is a first world rich white people problem. 99% of the world, including a lot of folks here in the U.S., get back to things because they don't have the luxury of working at Goldman Sachs or woke Facebook or woke Google or Salesforce and they need a roof over their heads and need to put food on the table. They don't get the luxury of endless grief pay like some folks do. And another thing, I think personally, that it's the healthy thing to do to force yourself back into life. Continue grieving, but get back to things. It's not healthy, I don't think, to sit around your house all day feeling sorry for yourself for weeks on end. And someone told me something once. We were exchanging war stories about grief, and I asked him, and he was a little farther along in the process. We were pretty much grieving roughly the same thing, but I asked him how we did it. And this is what he said to me. You learn to live with the pain and move on. And I've mentioned this a couple of times on the podcast. But my dad passed away. Well, it's going on five years here in a couple of months. But there's not a day I don't think about the man. And there's still a part of me grieving that loss. And I think there always will be. But I think the healthiest thing I could have done was what I did took a week off, got back to life. So to some of you out there, it's time to put your adult pants on and deal with it like the rest of us do. From the Washington Examiner, 
Olympians protest hard conditions. I cry every day. White boy Malcolm X. Is Bella Hadid in China? And that's rhetorical, sir. So just sit there and look pretty. So I guess the conditions at the Olympic Village, some of the COVID quarantine places, they're sticking athletes who test positive. They are dumps. It's not the four seasons all those pampered Olympians are used to. The living conditions suck. The food sucks. No kidding. It's China. It's a third world hellhole disguised as a first world country. And people are shocked, shocked that it's really just a dump. China, to me, is one gigantic Potemkin village. And I remember, I had a trip to China. I flew into Shanghai, and they drove me down to Hangzhou. And I remember, on the drive down there, it was at night. And I can't tell you folks, how many apartment towers, dozens and dozens and dozens, on the road down there to Hangzhou from Shanghai, sitting there, empty, all the lights off. And I only recently thought about that because lately in the news with Evergrande real estate over there in China imploding because they just keep building and building and building and borrowing, I don't know how many billions to keep the building, keep everything going. But that's what I think of when I look at China propping up the internal economy through basically a real estate Ponzi scheme. So don't you worry, you Olympians. At least you pampered ones from the first world. You'll be back safe at home once more here soon. I'm sure some Olympians there are going, man, these are some really nice dicks. I can only imagine what country they come from. But to you folks, enjoy it while it lasts. From the Atlantic, the age of unique baby names. Parents used to want kids to fit in. Now they want them to stand out. No kidding. Not that I want to cover this too extensively, but in an era where we have seven or eight different gender choices, we have seven or eight different sexual orientations, we have God knows how many super special pain in the ass pronouns. When you've got this many millennial Gen Z lemmings out there, all doing the exact same thing, thinking that they're super special and unique. Now you've got millennial Gen Z parents all naming their kids something stupid like tree or charcoal or apple or Fauci. I'm sure there's a COVID Karen type or two who named their kid after that dope. But nothing surprises me anymore. When it comes to these kids and their self-esteem issues, and they're acting out, be it with their super special gender identity or their super special pain-in-the-ass pronouns, and now their bratty kids' super special unique baby names. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. From Tal Road, those girls over at Tal Road, Anderson Cooper, Miss Cooper, welcome second child, ex-partner and best friend to adopt, co-parent both boys Wyatt and Sebastian Luke Mazani Cooper. Now that's a mouthful. And I guess Anderson, Miss Cooper, him and his former boyfriend or partner, Benjamin Mazani, they have themselves another kid. They already have 21-month-old Wyatt, and now they've got Sebastian. And both boys, bless their hearts, they're getting the last name Mazani Cooper. So, two more future screwed-up kids with hyphenated last names. What is it with rich queens and vanity projects? It kind of reminds me, we had a story a couple weeks back, these pet-fluencers on Instagram cloning their pets so they wouldn't lose followers on their stupid pet-fluencer Instagram accounts. Didn't want to rescue a dog in a shelter. No, they'd rather pay thirty dollars to $50,000 to clone their last pet because, God forbid, they lose one follower on Instagram if they don't have some version of Spot or Fido up there on social media. And it's kind of the same thing here. These two queens, they could adopt one of God knows how many kids out there are in group homes, foster care, horrible circumstances, looking for a new family. Plenty of kids out there for them to adopt. And I'm sure Anderson there, Miss Cooper, he could pull every string available, get his pick of the litter. But instead, they're going to spend money to produce a kid because they want their own genes They don't want someone else's reject kid. So Anderson and Benjamin, you have fun with your kids. God knows how screwed up they're going to be. And I can predict that, folks, just by the hyphenated last name. Every leftist kid out there with a hyphenated last name, severe mental health issues all around. On the plus side, Daddy Anderson, he makes a lot of Benjamins over there at Woke CNN, so he can pay for the therapist. So you two and your vanity kids, you all have fun with that. From Town Hall, AOC says capitalism is not a redeemable system for most Americans. This is a woman who drives a $60,000 Tesla, shops at Whole Foods, and sometimes illegally parks while shopping at the Whole Foods calling capitalism an irredeemable system for most Americans. I don't know what the hell she's complaining about. Capitalism is working great for a lot of the woke folk out there. Patrice Con Coolers, she's got four houses. Again, folks, three in Los Angeles, just so she never has to sit in traffic. Ibram X. Kendi, hundreds of dollars an hour. And for what? saying white people suck. Although, 
Maybe, possibly. I can kind of see her point. Look at the ruling class. The swamp. All this insider trading in Congress. Those folks having a grand gay old time. Getting rich off of inside information. Allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe. Look at the number of people who go to Congress as Joe Everyman and leave as a multimillionaire in both parties. So yeah, if you're looking at it from that lens, the corruption in some parts of capitalism in the ruling class, I can kind of maybe possibly see her point. I still think she's a huge fraud, but I'll give her, well, I guess a quarter point on that. From Boston.com, how hip-hop inched its way to the Super Bowl halftime stage. The NFL is positioning the halftime show as a meaningful occurrence. And again, we did not watch the Super Bowl. We definitely did not watch the halftime show. But I guess on stage, you got Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige, and the token white guy, Eminem who again had to virtue signal and take the knee. Now, I know that the halftime show was a couple of days ago, but does anyone really need explain to them how hip-hop inched its way to the Super Bowl halftime stage? And yes, folks, I just called it the Super Bowl. Now, remember, folks, the NFL, that is actually the woke NFL, run by that feckless clown, Roger Goodell. Roger, down for the struggle. That poor man is terrified of being called a racist. I have no doubt, folks, that Roger, woke Roger over there at the woke NFL, that man wears a diaper. And he wears that diaper, folks, because if someone calls him a racist, he will crap his pants in terror. That is how afraid of being called a racist Woke Roger Goodell, running the woke NFL. That's how terrified he is. And had I done this story on Sunday, before the Super Bowl, before this halftime show, I was going to wager you, white boy Malcolm X, I was going to ask the over-under on how many times Whitey got trashed, maybe Popo got trashed, some sort of BLM sign, all sorts of virtue signaling going on. But I guess maybe possibly I would have lost that bet because the only thing I saw was that dope Eminem virtue signaling by taking the knee. Or maybe it's just become so routine these days. Trash and Popo, trash and Whitey, that doesn't warrant a mention in any of the news stories. But I hope you folks had yourselves a grand gay old time watching that thing or performing in that thing. But let's move on. I'm going to skip this stupid thing. It's another story from Pink News. Those girls over at Pink News. Seven times the legendary Whitney Houston proved herself an eternal queer icon. I will say this though. I didn't realize that she's been gone, I think, a decade now at this point. And, and we, white boy Malcolm X and I, other than Ginger Fest this past weekend, we've been watching a couple of these music documentaries like, 
Well, we did Alanis Morissette. That was pretty interesting. Kind of covered that whole jagged little pill thing. Talked about her early career in pop music, which I had no idea she did any of that. And then kind of covered how big jagged little pill was, how it just kind of blew up everywhere. And they had some really good interviews. She was there. It took me a second to recognize her. I think the last time I saw Alanis Morissette, probably about 15 or 20 years ago in a picture, she got her hair cut down to her shoulders. She looks like a suburban Canadian mom, which she very well may be. But it was a hell of a documentary. Very interesting. If you like Alanis Morissette. We also watched one on Tina Turner. That one was on HBO Max, which I think the, uh, the Alanis Morissette I think that one was on HBO Max as well. But the Tina Turner one, that was told in five acts. Kind of covered the usual. Getting started, you know, that whole crap with Ike. And then kind of breaking free of him. Rebooting her career in her 40s, back in the 80s, up until today. And I think she's like early 80s at this point. And then the last one we watched was the one on Whitney Houston. And I kind of sort of, you know, heard about the persona that she put forth, this kind of goody two-shoes girl, young lady, what have you. A lot of that was an act. And from the footage they showed, and they had a lot of behind-the-scenes footage no one's ever seen before. I don't mean to speak ill of the dead, but man, there were some huge issues going on in her life. and. I had no idea that she had such a reliance on on some of the drugs she was doing. And that documentary did a lot of detailing around her very early career, her first breakout album, all the way through the movie The Bodyguard, and then kind of trailed off as her career waned prior to her death in 2012. It's a shame. That woman had a hell of a voice. But it's a shame when, I think when anyone kind of falls prey to those sorts of drugs, that cycle of dependency, that kind of downward spiral, they're just never able to pull out of. But anyway, this list from Pink News, those girls over at Pink News, if I were Whitney Houston, I would be spinning in my grave over this stupid list. Here, I'll give them to you just for the hell of it. And every time, White Boy Malcolm X, every time I say I'm going to skip a story, I still wind up doing it. Number one, Whitney Houston was possibly bisexual and had a girlfriend. Number two, Whitney Houston promised to always be a friend to the gay community. Number three, she wanted to confront Wendy Williams for speculating about her sexuality. That's what I'm talking about, folks. I don't know how Whitney Houston wanting to confront Wendy Williams. Apparently she never did. But wanting to confront Wendy Williams makes her an eternal queer icon. That's how dumb this list is. And so I'm actually not going to finish reading it. Not wasting any more of this valuable podcast time reporting on that stupid list, which means nothing. And I'm also going to skip this one. It's from Fox News. 
Obama spotted maskless, surrounded by masked contractors working at new Hawaii mansion. So I guess Obama, real quickly, folks, I guess not happy with having a one house on racist Martha's Vineyard. He wants another house on another island out there in Hawaii. So he's out there building himself another house. Although I guess, technically speaking, they're building three houses on that site. So I guess Obama, him and Michelle, as far as I know, they're going to have three houses, well, five houses on three properties. One on racist Martha's Vineyard, one in Chicago, and now three on one piece of property out there in Hawaii. And yes, folks, I do know that Patrice Coolers, when she got caught having four houses, again, three in Los Angeles, just so she never had to sit in traffic. She said that owning real estate disrupted white supremacy. Not that she ever fooled anyone with that crap, but Mr. Hope and Change, Change and Hope here, he and the other woke folk, down for the struggle with their millions and millions and millions of dollars in real estate. They're just as greedy as everyone else. And for our last story, folks, it's from the Washington Free Beacon. Biden administration, that's the administration of creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer, to fund crack pipe distribution to advance racial equity. And that is a $30 million grant program, which is supposed to start this May. And that will provide funds to nonprofits and local governments to help make drug use safer for addicts. Like, for example, his kid Hunter. Included in that grant, which is overseen by the Department of Health and Human Services, are funds for smoking kits and supplies. A spokesperson for the Department of Health and Human Services told the Washington Free Beacon that those kits will provide pipes for users to smoke crack cocaine crystal methamphetamine, and any illicit substance. And if you're interested in applying for a grant so you can hand out crack pipes or meth pipes, what have you, these grants are prioritized to treat a majority of underserved communities, including BIPOC folk and the LGBTQ plus community. Seattle and San Francisco, those crappy cities, those cesspools, They already distribute smoking kits to residents. So that dumpster fire, that train wreck of a policy is apparently going national. Well, like they said, it's about equity. And what do I say when it comes to equity? Everybody equally miserable. And this time around, hooked on drugs. And I assume if they're handing out pipes meant for crack or meth, and they're doing that to the BIPOC folk and members of our tribe, our lovable Star Wars bar of a tribe. I'm assuming that the crack pipes are for BIPOC and at least for the queens, that would be a meth pipe. And you meth queens out there, you know what I'm talking about. And as a random aside, folks, when I lived in LA, they called it body by meth. I don't know. I've never done meth. But I guess when you're on it, it it lowers your appetite and ramps up your metabolism. It also keeps you up 
for days on end. So you burn off a lot of excess fat that way. So just like every queen wants to be, you're gay thin if you're, if you're doing meth on a regular basis. And I don't know what made me think of this, but there was, back in the day, an old rumor going around that the CIA was selling crack in the inner city to kill off black people, something weird like that. There were some investigations. Louis Farrakhan, that nutty anti-Semite, he really latched onto that, blaming the CIA for selling crack. And now, as if the CIA allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, selling crack wasn't bad enough, now you got the Department of Health and Human Services handing out free crack pipes. So you get a crack pipe from the Department of Health and Human Services, then you drive over to your local CIA office, and there you can get some crack. So the federal government, they'll give you the pipe, they'll give you the crack. The only problem I see, at least with the queens and the meth, is figuring out whose pipe is whose. And I only say that because, and I've mentioned this before on this podcast, my ex, he wound up really enjoying crystal meth. He was the Hunter Biden of crystal meth. He got into that, folks, like Ronan Rubenstein gets banged by half of LA on the weekends. Allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe. It was that kind of meth habit. But I remember towards the end of our 15-year relationship, I came back from a trip early and I go into the bedroom and there he is, just passed out. And there, on the nightstand, is a meth pipe. Well, I woke him up. Hi, honey, I'm home. And he finally wakes up, kind of groggy. He's crashing off a meth. And I'm like, I'm back. By the way, whose pipe is that? He's like, uh, that's not mine. I'm like, really? That's not your meth pipe. Whose is it? Uh, a friend of mine. That's when I learned, don't argue with a meth addict. They tell fantastical tales like nobody else. So on that note, since I cannot top, These blithering idiots handing out crack and meth pipes in the name of racial equity, even if by doing so, they will destroy countless lives. Since I cannot top that, it is time to plug pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this midweek edition of the Miller Frost Podcast. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your week, a good start to your weekend, and we will see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.